May the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be always acceptable in your sight, God, our strength and our redeemer. Amen. Well, today is the ninth day of Christmas. It's still three days away from Twelfth Night. The Feast of the Epiphany is not until Thursday, 6th of January. But most of us won't be here on Thursday, so we're celebrating Epiphany a little early. Our Christmas decorations are still around us. They don't have to come down until later in the week. The Mary, Mary and Joseph and Jesus are still in Bethlehem, over there beyond the pulpit. That's where Bethlehem is, by the way. Anybody know? <laughs> the shepherds have returned to the fields, over there by the doors to the undercroft. And the wise ones have finally come to the end of their journey, which has been symbolised by their placement in various points around the church in the last five weeks. As we have come to worship today, so they too have come to worship the Christ child at the stable in Bethlehem. Now, of course, we know that the plaster figures of our nativity scene are simply symbols for the players in the Bethlehem story. If you have a good look at them, you'll soon realise that their clothing and their skin colour don't really match what would have been authentic in the first century Palestine. And so also, the story that we tell at this time of year is also somewhat symbolic. We have in our nativity scenes and the many sets that we've seen around the place in the last five weeks, a meshing together of Luke and Matthew's story with lots of other overlay. It's part of the tradition of our storytelling, which helps us to be able to celebrate the coming of God into our human condition, even if it didn't really happen quite in the way that we tell it. What matters most is that we are celebrating this life that is here in our skin. Luke's Christmas story, if you remember it from Christmas Day, has the angel bringing God's message of joy and glory and peace and goodwill to shepherds, very ordinary workers on the Bethlehem Hills. And they receive this message with angel voices and in a child of his family in temporary accommodation amongst the animals. We in a stable, probably wasn't a stable, it probably wasn't an inn. They didn't really have inns in those days. The word that is translated in, in our English version of the Bible is a word that means guest room. And there was probably no room in many of the guest rooms in Nazareth at that time because, well, everybody had come for the counting. And so instead of being in the guest room, where probably there were other guests, they were in the room below, where the animals stayed at night. <coughs> the, the shepherds who hear this message of God coming into the ordinariness of life remind us that God is present in the ordinariness of our lives, breaking in with glory and joy, calling us to be part of bringing peace and goodwill in our ordinary context. Today, we hear Matthew's story. Wise ones from far lands, from different cultures, seekers after truth and light, from different religious traditions, 
receive a message from the heavens. They are stargazers. They are watching for signs in the movement of the cosmos. Their story tells us that they lose sight of the star which is guiding their journey. So they go to one who they expect will know about weighty matters. Herod, the Tetrarch, a local ruler of Galilee and Perea, ruler appointed by the Roman Empire. Herod has wise men of his own, and so he consults them about what they know of prophecies, importance, and important stuff that's happening. But you see, by this point, the wise ones are looking in the wrong place. And they soon discover that the star is there in the heavens where they were looking before, and it guides them onwards to Bethlehem. And then a little later, God's angel appears to them in a dream and tells them not to go back to Herod, but to go home another way. So they come and they find Jesus with Mary and Joseph in the house in Bethlehem. Matthew's story of the wise ones coming from a distant land and different religious traditions tell us that God is present to all peoples, all traditions, and that God's light is not the prerogative of one tradition or one group of people. Today, as we celebrate the Epiphany, we are celebrating Jesus coming to show us God, the revelation of God who was with us in our midst, in our own skin. God who comes into our house, just as the wise men are today coming into Jesus' house. And we are invited to come too. And so we come week by week by week as we come to celebrate together. And today at the end of the service, we are going to bless some chalk because there is a tradition that on on the Feast of Epiphany, we mark our doors to remind us of God coming into our midst and our calling to be people who are hospitable to God. Now, one of the traditions that's told in our stories is that the wise men had names. In fact, that there were three, one called Caspar, one called Melchior, one called Balthazar. Now we know that Matthew doesn't say there were three. Matthew simply says there were three gifts. Matthew doesn't say there were camels. That was from the Isaiah reading. Luke doesn't say there was a donkey. But donkeys and camels make for great stories. So, three gifts are brought. And so three names are pointed to the wise ones, Caspar, Melchior, and Balthazar. And it's very handy that those three names have the initials that also stand for the blessing, Christus, Mazonum, Benedicat, which means Christ blessed this house. And so when we bless the chalk a little later on, we are going to then give it, take it with us to our own homes. And we are going to chalk the blessing on our door frame. The year, 20 at the front, 22 at the back, to hold the whole year up there. And in between, C, M, B. Christus, Mazonum, Benedicat, or 
Caspar, Melchior, and Balthazar. A reminder that we are called day by day, week by week, to be hospitalists, to be people who welcome visitors into our midst. And in welcoming them, we welcome the Christ. But not only that, we recognise that Christ dwells with us, and so we are bearers of that Christ's life when others come to us. And we are reminded that God welcomes us into God's presence. So when we take those talks home today, and choose to mark our houses today, or maybe on the 6th, we will be putting up a mark to remind us of our calling. And as we go in and out, we remember that God blesses our going out and our coming in. That we are called to be dwelling in God's presence. And that we are called to invite others into that dwelling as well. And it could be people that we know and love and care for deeply. Or it could be people that we've never met before. Or people who we struggle with. People who rub us up the wrong way. All people are welcome in God's presence. And the challenge for us is to learn day by day as we are resourced and restored and renewed by God being present with us. To be able to offer that same hospitality that God does, even to those who most irritate us. Even to those who are most different from us. Even to those from faraway lands or different traditions. People who eat different food from us or have different ways of approaching one another. But each one of us is a part of God's love. Each one of us is welcomed by God. And our task is to practice doing the same. A week ago, one of the wise men of our centuries died. Desmond Tutu, Franciscan brother. And so I'd like to finish with a couple of quotes from him. There are many wonderful quotes from Desmond Tutu that we can see online and hear people speaking. But I'd like to leave you with these two. The first, we may be surprised at the people whom we find in heaven. God has a soft spot for sinners. <coughs> the standards are quite low. <laughs> Maybe we might live into that too. And then God's dream is that you and I and all of us will realise that we are family, that we are made for togetherness, for goodness and for compassion. So as we give thanks for all God's gifts to us, especially the gift of Desmond Tutu. And as we give thanks that God welcomes us into God's presence and invites us to welcome others. I offer you this blessing from the community of Coronilla. As we seek to step into this new year with an open, wide heart, ready to welcome, ready to live into the promise of peace and goodwill, of joy and glory, ready to see God's world in the way that God sees it and loves it. So, 
God of this new year, God of our ongoing story. We pray for all those who enter this year with anxiety, with exhaustion, with grief. We pray for ourselves. And we pray that this may be a year of restoration, of lives filled with new purpose and renewed hope. So that instead of praying for something to end, we discover again the joy of beginnings. Amen.